Well, what's up, everybody? Hope you're doing great. Hope you're having a wonderful day, wonderful weekend. I want to welcome everybody watching online. Thanks for tuning in and connecting with us and connecting with the Lord. And gosh, for me to make the statement that the last several months have been absolutely crazy and chaotic, uh, that that wouldn't be surprising at all. We've heard that time and time again, uh, unprecedented times, things going on, just craziness in our lives, just a lot of uncertainty and fear and, and just a lot of concern, and, and that wouldn't be surprising at all. And, and you know, if we're, if we're totally honest, as we look at the horizon, we look at the next several weeks and months, we don't really see anything changing, do we? We, we see this kind of continuing and, and so, so just the situation and struggle. And so I just want to remind you of a couple of things. Uh, it's in the fire that the gold is refined. It's in the pressure that the true integrity is revealed. Right? It's, it's when we're facing that struggle that our character is shown. And it's in the midst of the battle that Jesus gets the victory. Can I get somebody to clap and praise God the fact that we get the victory because of Jesus and who he is? So we're in the midst of struggle, and that's, that's very real. But man, when we look at the battle, I absolutely want to encourage you to keep your eyes focused on Jesus. Be looking at him because uh, he is the answer, he's the solution, and he's the reason why we get the victory. And so today, this is actually going to be the last week in our Ephesians series. And so we're going to be taking a look at Ephesians chapter 6, if you want to turn there in your Bible. Uh, so the Apostle Paul wrote this six-chapter letter uh, to his friends, to other Christians that were in the city of Ephesus. But if you are here or watching online and you don't yet have faith in Christ, You would say that you're not a Christian. I hope as a result of this message that you would change your mind. I'm going to make that bold declaration that this type of message, this type of series might stir you so much that the Holy Spirit will grip you that you would actually change your perspective on who Jesus is. Because to to understand Ephesians, to understand Paul, to understand what the Lord is communicating, we also have to understand that in this six-chapter letter, the first three chapters that Paul writes... We're all about having our identity in Christ, that in order for us to truly know who we are, that we have to be connected to Jesus. He gives us our self-worth. He gives us our identity. We need that. We're a son or daughter of the king because of Christ and what he's done. Then after chapter 3, Paul continues with chapters 4 through 6 and begins to talk about the things that we should do. Now that we're a son or daughter of the king, we should live like this. And he lays out a a whole slew of different things that we should do and follow and and see in our lives and how we should live. And then he gets to the final chapter, right? The the final chapter. And you know how it is. You want to start strong. And he did talking about identity in chapter one. And you want to close even stronger, don't you? So here in chapter six, Paul's writing and and man, I I hope you're ready. He is going to bring it and just like your eyes may just kind of be open, your, your mind might just kind of explode. I hope that your spirit just kind of resonates with what the Holy Spirit's con- communicating. Because he takes the time in, all the way to chapter 6 to reveal the reality that we are spiritual beings. We have our identity in Christ, but we are spiritual beings. And then he touches on the fact that there is an enemy that is lying beneath the surface to bring about our destruction. And so if we ignore that, then we are going to offer wrong solutions to every single problem that we face. And so in this letter uh, to the Ephesians, you know, this is considered one of the most 
power-packed books in, in all the scripture, Paul dials it up, you know, in this last chapter, and he begins to talk about the armor of God. And so let's take a look. Let's read Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. It says, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. And so Paul talks about the reality that we will experience spiritual warfare. And we have got to recognize this. He, he's, he's, he's emphatically saying, please see this. Please understand that your boss is not the enemy. That, that, that your, your coworker that you struggle with on projects and teams and, and you seem to have constant conflict with them, they are not the enemy. The finances, the, the, the struggle in your finances, those are not the enemy. If you have marital issues, your spouse is not the enemy. Now, she may struggle with a little bit of resentment. He may struggle with having some anger. But the devil is the real enemy We're trying to work in the midst of your marriage. And so often, he wants us to just simply forget that he's there. His goal and one of his tactics is that we would blame anyone and everyone else for all the problems that we're facing because he's sly and he's deceptive and he disguises himself all the time. Let me just give you kind of a, a simple, silly example. Remember, remember that when the, the prank came out, when, when somebody would take a $20 bill and, and they would tape it to like some fishing line and, and then they would go and hide behind the bush and they would put the $20 bill on the sidewalk but, but it's taped to the fishing line and they would just wait for somebody to come and, and see it on the sidewalk and, and wait for them to reach down and then what they, what, what they would do is you'd be on video and whoosh, you know, they would just snatch it away and there goes the 20, right? And, and so that, that was a prank and maybe at one point in time I participated in something like that. Um, but so the reason I bring that up is because if we spend all of our time and emotional effort focused on the symptom of the problem, then we're not ever going to be able to identify the lasting solution that we need. So if we're only focused on what's in front of us, the distraction we're just going to continue to exhaust ourselves. We're just going to continue to be tired and fatigued because we are looking at the wrong thing, the wrong solution. We've got to identify the source of the problem that we're facing. So I want to say something like, I believe that the devil came up with COVID-19. He's the one that comes up with diseases and illnesses. I believe that the devil is the inventor of racism and hate. I believe that he's the one that brings disease and division. You know, so I don't know what it's like for you, but if, if somebody does something like against me accidentally, I, I'm, I'm 
kind of a forgiving person. Like, let's say, you know, I have my truck, and it's in the parking lot, and, you know, and there's that five-year-old kid that swings his door way wide, and, you know, in the parking space, and, and a little bit too wide, and it bumps into my door. I'm like, oh, man, does that stink? Am I upset? Yes, but I'm like, it'll be okay. If somebody's behind me in traffic, and you know, maybe they're texting or something, and they just kind of ease in and bump my bumper, I'm like, all right, you know, it was a mistake. They, they feel bad. You know, she comes out of the car, and she's crying and bawling, like, please don't tell my dad, right? It's just, all right, I, I get that. Like, I can get over those types of things. But if somebody's watching me, if they're recognizing my, my schedule, if they're looking at my finances, if, if they're identifying my marriage or every move that I make, they're looking at my schedule, they're investigating my friends, they look at my personality and, and kind of what, what sets me off and, and some of the battles that I've been through, and if they look at my wife and my kids and begin to develop some type of strategy on how to get me or them, or look for ways to exploit me, I get mad. Like if my truck door gets bumped, I'm like, that'll be okay. But if I recognize that somebody is having tactics against me, I get really upset. Like that bothers me. They're, they're planning to get me. Uh, I, um, gosh, uh, years ago, uh, our house was broken into, like horrific, it, it, it's very unnerving, you know, somebody violating your home and coming in, but we're pretty sure that they were kind of looking at our schedule, uh, and that, that's like terrifying to begin to think about, and so to me, that person is detestable, it's vile, they only have evil intent, you know, if something's an accident, we're like, ah, oh, it's, no, it's no big deal, whatever, but if, if somebody has ill intent on their mind, and so the devil is seeking and scheming and looking and strategizing against you and I. He prowls around trying to figure out what he can do and how. And his only intent is evil. That's it. And so as Christians, you know, we should be able to recognize that Jesus he defeated Satan, he defeated sin, he defeated death, and because of that, we already have the victory over Satan. Like, that's something awesome and something amazing. I hope that makes you feel excited, that we can walk in that victory. And that way, when we face the struggle and the battle, and we recognize it's something that the enemy's bringing against us, we go, ah, that'll be okay. Like, because, why? We have a Savior who brings out this sword and a shield, and he fights, and he wins, and he hung on a cross, and he rose again. And so we have the victory. And like, well, that's okay. But we recognize the enemy for who he is. But I, as your pastor, because I love you so much, I have to make this next statement. Some of you know that. You, 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 I say that, and you absolutely agree. But some of you have allowed the enemy to disguise himself and he's come into your camp. He's come into your home. And you don't see it. You have opened up the door, opened up an opportunity, and allowed the enemy to come in. And, and he only seeks destruction. He's sly and deceptive. He's crawling in. And so the way that we do that is we justify the things that we do, and we allow them to be hidden. 
And so it's just a few inappropriate images or movies and no big deal. It's just getting, you know, drinking a little bit too much every once in a while. It's, it's the anger that kind of settles inside of our heart. It's the selfishness where we're constantly looking at what we can get or the envy that we see when we see somebody else getting, getting something when we're not. And so scripture is very clear, like we have got to rid ourselves of every type of evil. We've got to push that aside. Anything that's holding us back and holding us down, we've got to push that aside. And so because of that, I believe that we've got to fight against the enemy. That's why Paul is writing all this. And, and I wanted to share just a, a little visual aid. I'm a visual aid guy. Like, I don't know if you are. And every once in a while, I, I like to bring props up. You know, props are fun uh, to me. And so I brought the boxing gloves, you know, out of our garage. We, we've got one of those heavy bags in the garage. And, you know, every once in a while, I'll be like dancing with the, the heavy bag. Not when anybody else is around. So it's just me. But, you know, I'll throw a few blows, a few knee, you know, knees to the bag and stuff. So I, I brought... I brought these, and here's why I, I do this, is because, <laughs> so when I was in fifth grade, uh, I got in a lot of fights. I, like, I ain't going to lie, I know people look at me like, oh, Pastor Aaron, you, you know, you're, you seem like you're so holy. Man, I'll tell you what, I've got a lot of things that I've done in the past that are pretty dumb. And so when I was in fifth grade, I was small, but I was scrappy. You, you know, I, maybe you can really, I, and I just, I got into a lot of fights. Some of them I started, some of them I antagonized others, you know, other people, you know, started them. And, but, you know, nowadays you can't fight just in school. Like, you get suspended. They'll, they'll kick you out and, and for, for as long as you need to. And, and I get that, and I totally understand. Uh, but back in the day when I was 11, you know, <laughs> it's not that fighting was okay, but it just, it was okay. You just kind of fought and you dealt with stuff and you went on. But when I was in fifth grade, I had gotten into so many fights that the assistant principal was tired of seeing me in her office. So she looked at me and said, the next time you get into a fight, I'm calling your mom not to let her know, but to tell her that she's going to come in the next day and follow you around for an entire day of school. That got my attention. That got my attention, right? And so, I, like, I got that. I understood. And so that threat worked for me, you know, when I was at 11. Because I, oh my gosh, how embarrassing that would be, right, for your mom to do that. But I share that story because I still fight today. I do. Like, I don't get in fist fights like I did when I was a little kid. But the devil comes after me. And I recognize that. The devil comes after me. The devil comes after my wife. He comes after our marriage. The devil comes after my sons. He comes after our money. He comes after my peace, the peace that I want. When I want to be settled in my, in my heart and have this connection with the Lord, the devil comes after that, and he wages war, and he wants the battle. He wants to fight, and so I fight. I do. I fight, but the thing that's amazing is I also recognize that I have the victory in the midst of that battle because of Jesus and because of who he is. And so I just want to ask, are there any other fighters in the house today? Are there any other fighters, you know, watching online? You know, are you a fighter? Like, are you, are you just game when, when the devil lays the, draws the line and, and lays it on? Are you willing to come? Like, all right, let's take the gloves off, baby. Let's go for it. And so there's times in our lives that there are seasons of fighting. 
seasons of battling. And then there's also times when we have seasons of peace, right? Isn't that so true? If you look at your life, maybe the last month, two months, six months, a year, a couple of years, there were probably seasons that you just, like you, you, you were fe- felt like every day was a battle. But then there's other times when we just experience these seasons where you're going, man, I wish every day was like this. This is great. And that's just reality of our lives and this, the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows of what we go through. I think that that times, you know, God just, he, he puts us in the fire. He puts us under pressure to see how we're going to respond, right? That's the tests and trials that scripture talks about. And so I just want to encourage you, like, it's okay to fight. You know, I know in this day and age, we feel like we've got to be nice. Man, sometimes throw the gloves off and just start throwing blows and get after the enemy. I know it's difficult, right? I know this is difficult and hard uh, to, to think about the enemy. And, you know, I'm not a, you know, the devil's behind every door, every bush. And, but I absolutely recognize that he's an enemy. Now, there are times that I wish that I could go and hide in my closet in, in the midst of that battle. And <laughs> I have. Um, just a few months ago, I, I looked at Nicole and I was like, I just need to go sit in my closet all by myself. And I did. And I just had a little pouty session and, you know, and I was okay for a little. And so sometimes, like in the midst of the battle, I, I want to give up. But I also recognize that God meets us in that place, doesn't he? Maybe you've experienced a time like that where, where you wake up in the morning and you go, gosh, I, just, I wish that the sun would stay down just a little bit longer because I know that this day is going to be a battle. And so I just absolutely believe that God meets us in that place. I hope that you've felt him in your times of desperation, that you feel the Holy Spirit because he's called us to something greater and it's in the fire that the gold is refined. It's in the, under pressure that our ter- integrity and character is revealed. And so sometimes, right, we want to just sit around and sit by and let the battle go on and not wage or enter into it. Sometimes we want to numb ourselves with, you know, anything that we can because of what's going on around us. But I'm here to tell you, just like Paul wrote in Ephesians 6, and as your pastor, I'm telling you, sometimes you got to get into the fight. Sometimes you got to put on the armor and get in the battle. So where are you being attacked right now? Where is it? Where are you experiencing the enemy coming against you? And so you feel it, right? Maybe right now your heart's beating a little bit faster and And so let me encourage you with something. Fighting's okay, but we're we're fighting an enemy who's already been defeated. Please keep that in mind. He's already defeated, so we've got to take authority over him because he can only gain a stronghold where we allow him to be. He cannot remain in our heart, in our thoughts, in our life, in our family, in our marriage, in our money, unless we allow him to be there. We have the authority over him. So don't give him that stronghold. Don't give him that anymore. Don't give him any ground. So the Apostle Paul writes, and we get it, we understand. He writes that we're going to win, and we're going to have spiritual warfare, and we're going to face this battle. And so he tells us, you're going to need the armor of God. That's the second point. We need the armor. And he continues writing in verse 14. He says, stand your ground. Put on the belt of truth. 
and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And so, gosh, he, he talks about prayer. I, I see prayer as a powerful weapon. I hope that you do as well. I mean, praying in the spirit, praying in our own native language and, and tongue, like God understands all of it. Praying doesn't manipulate God. We can't tell God what to do. That's not how it works. He's in charge and his authority. But praying absolutely is a conversation with the king. I mean, we're talking about the creator of the universe. And when you and I talk to him, he's there. He's listening. And so the way that it works for me, I just see God as a king on a throne with a crown and all of his splendor and glory. And my prayers are when I enter into the throne room. I'm like, I've got an appointment with the king, and it's right here, and I get down on my knees, and I begin talking, and he's there, and he's listening, and he speaks back to me, and so prayer is a conversation with the king. Do you know how amazing that is to understand the reality of us having an audience with the king? Like, that's a big deal, and I feel like we take it for granted sometimes, and so prayer is a powerful weapon, and so Paul also talks about that we've got to put on the armor, and he goes through several different aspects of the armor, and gosh, I, we, we could spend a lot of time on every single one of these, but what's the, what's the body armor, what's the, what's the piece of the armor that, that you need right now? So you, you, there might be a specific one that you want to focus on, and I would encourage you to do your own studying, you know, do your own Bible research in, on, on these particular aspects, but I want to focus on one, and, and that's the, the first one, it's the, the belt of truth. Because we love to be told the truth, don't we? We don't like liars. If somebody's lying to us, like we figure out oh, they're a liar, and we kind of coin them as a liar, and we push, you know, we don't listen to a word that they say. Nobody likes a liar, but we love when somebody's telling the truth. And so I just want to encourage you, be a person that speaks truth in love. Like we also need to, at times, mix in grace with the truth that we're saying, but we absolutely can speak the truth. And so the Bible... For those of us that follow after Jesus, the Bible is our standard of truth. That's what communicates God's word to us. So regardless of what's going on and around us, regardless of what culture says or how they change their mind or what society is communicating and trying to persuade us in a certain direction, we stand on God's truth, on God's word. And so I don't know why Paul listed the belt of truth as the first one, other than the fact that maybe it's, maybe it's the most important one. And he's like, I want to put this one first, the belt. Belts aren't flashy, but I'll tell you what, they hold our pants up, they hold our shirts in, and we need them. And he's like, that's what gives you the determining factor to give you that line, the plumb line, to hold everything together, to recognize the truth. And so our fight is against the devil, right? And so one of his main tactics is deceit. He's a liar. He lies. That's what he does. That's part of his nature. There's nothing true about him. And so he will lie to us all the time and deceive us in any way that he can. <laughs> the problem with deception 
is that we don't know we're being deceived. That's why it's deception. We're blinded. We're being deceived, and we can't see it. That's why it's deceit. Our eyes are shielded. Our eyes are covered. And the thing that's interesting about us being, as, us being deceived is there are times when other people see that we're being deceived, but we don't see it. Let me, let me put the, the scenario on somebody else. Let me tell a story. I know I've experienced this. It's, it's possible that you have as well. Just in regards to a, let's say, a relationship. You have a friend, a roommate, uh, that, that, that decides, like, hey, they want to get into a relationship with a particular person, and, and, and they're getting involved, and, and, and you're going, what in the world do they see in them? And, 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 and so you'll, you may bring up things in conversation and go, well, you know, he just, he seems like, you know, his character is a little bit questionable, because I've heard some of the things that he says, and, and, then, and then you justify him. Oh, but he's so sweet. He's so good to me. You know, if, it, if it's a guy, like us guys handle relationships a, a little bit different, and, and you go, man, gosh, I, I, I've heard some stories about her, and, and, and you're like, what are you talking about? She's different now. Like, she's changed. She, and so we see it, and we're going, how can you not see this? It's deception. We're blinded. We can only see the roses and stuff, but man, it, it is not the truth and the reality. And so... We need God's word. That's the, what we stand on. That's the plumb line that, that established. That's the word of God. And so then, when we're leaning on our own understanding, like it talks about in Proverbs 3, 5, one of the ones that we always, we have it memorized. So there will be times when we're leaning on our own understanding. God's word will bring us back in alignment. His voice is outside of us in who we are, outside of our circumstances, to give us the course correction that we need to remove the blinders and the areas in our life when we're being deceived. Because the devil really, really wants us to make decisions based on what we think. He wants us to make decisions in our life based on emotions that we're feeling. He wants us to make decisions on the things that we think we can see, but it's actually not reality. That's exactly one of his tactics. That's deceit. He's painting a picture that isn't reality or true. Like, he doesn't want us reading scripture. He doesn't want us knowing the truth. He wants us to fall for the lie and be tempted. But we're going to fight, aren't we? We're going to fight. We know, we recognize the tactic we see it, and we're going to fight against it. And so I want to implore to you that you would put on the armor and that you would go to war, that you would go to war against him and recognize that he's the enemy. And so what fight are you in right now? Maybe, you know, you, you, you feel a little weak or scrappy, right? But, man, I'll tell you what, us scrappy fellas, we can, we can throw down. We can throw down when we need to. And so I just want to encourage you, recognize the fight that you're in, and then begin to identify the scripture that speaks specifically to that thing. And you memorize the scripture, write it on a postcard, stick it, stick it on, on your, on your uh, steering wheel, put it on your desk, write, write with a marker on your mirror at home, that, that, that verse. Where's the fight that you're fighting right now? And you quote and you pray those verses every single day 
for you to be grounded in God's word and constant reminder. And so put on truth. Put it on. Put on righteousness in our lives. And it takes faith to have salvation, right? He talks about the helmet. Uh, it's for us to experience it. We need faith. And only by surrendering to Christ do we experience the peace that we long for. Isn't that so interesting? You ever think about that? We're talking about armor. We're talking about boxing. We're talking about fighting. And only as a result of surrender to Jesus do we truly find the resolution that we long for in our life. And so if you're fighting on your own, you will get tired. You will get fatigued. And you'll constantly be struggling. But if there is an aspect that you are searching for something that's beyond yourself, that you haven't been able to attain it yet, you, maybe you feel like you're not winning in the fight. It's because you're not connected to the victor. And that's Jesus. And so I just want to encourage you, as a result of this message, like I need you to open up your eyes, pull the blinders back, because there is a possibility that some of you need to make a commitment to follow Jesus and connect with him. Now, we're in the fight, right? God talks about us putting on armor. We're fighting. But when we have the authority of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, we win. So if you're a person here in the auditorium and you have not yet made a commitment to follow Christ, now's your chance. If you're watching online and you know, if you look at your life and you go, man, I, I, I know I need Jesus. I, I, I feel like I'm losing and struggling in every single area of my life and I'm tired of it. Today can be the day where things change. Or maybe you, know, maybe you followed Christ before and you know that you need to make a recommitment to him. I know many times in our lives we just experience that, and, and that's exactly what we're talking about, where we declare our surrender to Jesus and because he already fought and won. And I don't know about you, but like I'm a little bit competitive, and I love to win, and so I want to be on the guy's team who's, who's going to help me win. But for you, that might mean that you literally turn your life over to Christ. And I know so oftentimes, like, for, for us as Christians, we think, oh, you know, it's, I want to raise my hand. I, I want to say a special prayer, and, like, everything will turn around. Yes, that is true, and that is amazing. But I'm calling you to a higher standard. Like, I, I feel like when Jesus talked about experience salvation in him, he talked about following him. It was where we denied everything in our life, left, leave everything else behind, and we follow him regardless of what the cost is. And so the commitment it, up front is very simple. But the cost, it will cost you everything. And I don't want to sugarcoat that in any way. But I'll tell you what, you will be different and you will be so glad. You, you will, like, you'll take on the mind of Christ. The power of the Holy Spirit will dwell inside of you. Your life will change. It will be like never before. And you'll, be like, you'll feel victorious. And there's nothing like it. And so if that's you, I want to pray and I would ask that you would pray along with me. Maybe you take my words and you make them your own and you just declare your need for Jesus and who he is. And then I am going to pray for all of us, you know, just uh, that, that we would be strong in the battle that we're facing right now. And so if you need to make a commitment to follow Jesus, maybe you pray with me right now. Just pray something like, God, I know I need you. God, thank you for sending your son. Jesus, 
I see now who you truly are. I put my faith in you. I see that you are God's son. And I didn't deserve what you did. You laid your life down and died on a cross. And I didn't deserve for you to do that for me. You showed your power over sin and death. And you rose again. And I believe it. I know it's true. And so I put my faith in you. I confess that the reality that I need you, I've sinned, I've done many things wrong against you. And I am so sorry. But I pray that you would allow me to follow after you from this day forward, that you would change me, that you would renew me, that you would give me a new mind, a new heart, a new life, that you would fill me with your spirit, that I will be different. I honor you. I want to follow you. And Father, I just, I declare victory over us right now. Lord, I even just, I raise my hands in celebration because that's what fighters do. When the fight is over and the knockout has happened, we raise our hands in victory. So, Lord, we declare the victory. There's power in our praising you in the midst of the battle. And so, Lord, I pray for strength for every single person that's in a fight right now. Lord, we throw blows. We get involved. We get in there. We get in the mix. We don't bow down in fear. But we get in there and we fight and we raise our hands in victory. And Jesus, I thank you that you are the one that gives us that. We just acknowledge that and who you are. You are incredible. You're powerful and strong. We give you the glory for your victory. And we're just so glad that we get to be part of that. So we speak to it, Lord. The illnesses that we feel, that we face, that we're experiencing right now. Lord, the financial struggle that we're dealing with. We want the victory. We declare it in Jesus' name. Lord, in our relationships, in our family, in our marriage, and with our kids that that have gone astray, Lord, we call them back home. Lord, we submit to you. Lord, would you be the Lord of our relationships and our marriage, that we would experience victory like never before. God, I just thank you so much. Lord, so if that that battle's gonna continue in our life, Lord, would you just give us that, that strength to persevere, the persistence to continue? Lord, I just pray for that right now, and and we just, we speak it out, and we see it, and we fight for your glory, and Lord, when the battle's won, we absolutely will declare, we'll tell the story of what you've done and how you've done it, that others might know and give you glory to, and God, we celebrate you and all that you are, in Jesus' name, amen. If you are a person that uh, made a commitment to follow Jesus, or made a recommitment if you're here in the auditorium we just we would love to know about it you can stop by the connection center if you're online go ahead and type in i said yes uh, in the comments below or go to gracechurch.life and click on i said yes because we want to be with you we want to encourage you in every way that we can love you guys i hope that you're encouraged that i'm hopeful that you put on your gloves and you're willing to fight a little bit if you guys could do me a favor go ahead and stand up and let's close with a song